Welcome to another Tyrius Cast. I'm Kevin Creel, and I'm joined today by my colleague Jim McGregor. Today we're going to discuss NVIDIA's recent GPU technology conference, aka GTC. Jim, a lot of stuff was announced. In one breath, can you tell us all the things that were announced in Jensen Wong's keynote? Uh, <laughs> okay, three new ARM processors, the gray CPU and next generation GPU, Alps designed one based on that. Also, Los Alamos National Labs is going to be using it. The new Bluefield 3 DPU, as mentioned, and a mention of the new Bluefield, future Bluefield 4 DPU, the new DACA, D-O-C-A, application platform for the Bluefield line, the Atlon Automotive SoC with forks of performance of Orin, as well as moving drive to Omniverse, a new Hyperion 8 using uh, Orion dividing with computers divide throughout the vehicle, a Volvo extending its partnership, new ARM partnerships with Ampere, Marvell, MediaTek, the whole Omniverse collaborative platform, as well as Cloud XR on AWS and Azure, Q Quantum, a new simulation platform for quantum computing, new ProVis GPU cards for laptops, workstations, and data centers, EGX Enterprise Server that includes the DPU, GPU, and runs VMware at performance levels similar to bare metal. The Aerial SDK for 5G and EGX, so you've got open RAN solutions. Jarvis Speech AI and Merlin Recommendation AI on NGC. And the new Clara Frameworks for Healthcare. And the new Tau and Fleet Command solutions for adapting pre-made NVIDIA AI frameworks to be customized, adapted, and using fleet command to be distributed to AI systems. Uh, you definitely took some inhales in that along the way. You I can't do it. It's not, no, it's not possible. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It, 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 it was a um, little over 90 minutes long and, and still packed to the gills with announcements. So it's really hard to, to uh, break it all down and in, in our podcast here because uh, we don't have 90 minutes to spend on well, it. And, and just to tell you how packed this thing was, they gave us three different briefings on the announcements and there were still stuff in the, in the keynote that we weren't briefed on. And there were stuff in the briefings that weren't included in the keynote. <laughs> yeah. That was a lot of material there. I think for Jensen, Omniverse is one of his favorite topics because it sort of ties a whole bunch of, developments together this cloud services the visualization um the automation at, and design uh, so it all brings them together in omniperson what would you uh, would you agree uh, definitely with that? i mean they're even trying to move some of the platforms like drive sim to omniverse and omniverse also includes other things like the cloud rx so that they can people can not only work in omniverse if they have a nvidia ray trace based solution R RTX solution, but also the fact that using Cloud XR, they can stream it to non-GPU or non-NVIDIA-based solutions, so people can at least review it, give comments, and stuff like that. Definitely, I mean, they were pushing this, and it is really a phenomenal platform. The fact that you can have multiple collaborators on multiple platforms, multiple different uh, application platforms, all working together and having photorealistic, real-time rendering of all these different platforms simultaneously um, the demos are actually really really cool yeah i highly recommend listeners go to the uh, 
the NVIDIA site, the GTC site, and, and look at some of the demos. It's And registration is free, so you can still register and see it. That the, the virtual factory that BMW showed was just amazing that they can just visualize the entire factory floor and tweak it in real time and adjust it to proof efficiency. So it's it's pretty it is pretty amazing this whole digital twin revolution of creating virtual I mean I mean <laughs> to the point where at the very end of the keynote it, it became clear that Jensen was not in his kitchen, but it was a digital twin of his kitchen that was all virtualized and it, and, and they tear it apart virtually in, in, in right in front of the the, uh, the end of the keynote. It was pretty it was pretty funny. No, it is. And, you know, we've talked about digital twins for training solutions, especially in automotive and robotics and stuff like that. But the fact is, creating a virtual environment is going to is critical for gaming. It's critical for design apps. It's critical for manufacturing environments. I mean, that whole digital twin, whether it's a real environment or a simulated environment, I, I would have to agree with Jensen. That is the way things are going. And it's a critical aspect of everything we do going forward. Ah, I know one we missed was the Bentley system, their technology for building architecture structures and cities and massive scale projects, and they were using it as well. Yeah, there were actually a couple of them. There were two other NVIDIA ones that they announced. One was audio to fate or audio to speech, or what it was a simulation of uh, being able to take audio and simulate it in a in a character. And I can't remember what the other one was. But yeah, there were three new applications, uh, AI application frameworks that they announced along with Omniverse. I wonder how long we'll get to we get a fully digital Jensen giving the key. <laughs> I don't know. Will it be shorter or longer? <laughs> <laughs> well, certainly one of the highlights and, and you know, that it's gotten a lot of attention has been uh, the new Grace server CPU that they announced. And this is uh, using a next generation Neoverse core and uh, expected to, to be delivered in 2023. And Grace is the CPU, but it's also a module. And the module includes both the CPU and a GPU, next generation of Ampere, connected all together with NVLink, uh, NVIDIA's proprietary interface coherent interface between CPUs and GPUs. And um, the goal here is to build a module and build a system to handle these gigantic models, scale models of uh, and training. And that's where specifically the architecture of Grace comes in play and it's different from x86. That's gotten a lot of attention. I, I you know, it's still two years out, but it's, I mean, this plus the Bluefield uh, 3 and 4 and Atlan all show how important ARM architecture is to NVIDIA and how tightly coupled NVIDIA and ARM are even prior to, um, you know, the, the, the merger that they'd like to, would like to take place. Yeah, no, absolutely. And one of the key things of Grace, uh, the Grace module wasn't just the CPU and the next generation GPU, but also the fact that they went from H using HBM memory to using LPDDR5X. And they really stressed this. Uh, memory bandwidth was critical. They want to use this platform not as kind of competition to the solutions they have today, but really to be able to handle massive data sets for HPC or AI. So, I mean, they're actually almost going towards uh, Cerebrus on this aspect, trying to go after the really, really high-end training solutions. Yeah, and specifically it's a modular approach so they can build 
this board with one Grace a CPU and one next-generation GPU. The GPU has local HPM memory, but uh, the Grace CPU has the LPDDR5 memory that allows for scaling to very large memory rates. The problem with HPM memory, it's, you have lots of bandwidth, but it doesn't scale in terms of very large capacity. And so that's what the LPDDR5 a memory connected to the Grace CPU provides. And therefore, you kind of eliminate a bottleneck to uh, slower main memory that is connected to um, traditional CPUs from you know x86, AMD, and, and Intel. And, and there's still going to be, I mean, it's not that NVIDIA is replacing all x86 CPUs in their systems. They still said that they will continue to use x86 in a number of their systems. So it's going to be a mix of both. ARM and x86. Yeah, specifically, they said that this was going after their, like, their SuperPod, their Selene supercomputer, you know, really going after the high end. But, you know, let's face it, I, I, I would be surprised if they don't migrate this down into, oh, and we didn't even mention the other uh, server station that they mentioned, but the, the DGX uh, station. But we do, ex I, I would expect that they're going to migrate this down to the DG, the other DGX platforms eventually. Probably. I mean, that, that, that would make sense. I, I don't believe they'll offer it up as a standalone ARM server processor outside of NVIDIA systems. So that I don't think they'll compete with Ampere and uh, Marvell in that regard. Well, and you mentioned, you know, the high performance of Grace. I mean, it's, it's really designed to handle these one trillion parameter data sets. I mean, massive data sets, but they really upscaled everything that they're doing with ARM. I mean, the Bluefield 3 is almost 2x of everything that Bluefield 2 had. It's 2x the number of CPU cores. It's 2x the IO bandwidth. It's, you know, they didn't give memory, but I'm assuming that's almost 2x too. And same thing with Atlan, which is their next generation SOC for automotive, especially for autonomous vehicles. That is going to be 4x the performance of Orin. That is also designed to be able to handle the 1,000 tops of performance. So, I mean, it is over four times the performance of what Orin is. So, there's, you know, they, they didn't hold back. I mean, everything that they're doing on that ARM side is pretty much targeted right at enhancing what ARM, what you can do with the ARM architecture. And DOCA, you know, DOCA, that is their. Kind of think of it as a CUDA for the Bluefield DPUs. What CUDA did for GPUs, Doka is supposed to do for DPUs. It's supposed to give you a programming environment where you can program directly to the DPU so you can create your own application environments or third parties can. I believe it's free and it's going to be able to, it's going to give you that software compatibility across all the different generations of DPUs that they create going forward. One of the key differentiators NVIDIA has has been its software. It is invested in, in a massive amount of software for their platforms, and that's showing up in all these announcements. There, it's critical, the, the software. In fact, Jensen says he, he views his systems uh, through the lens of software and how software looks on and, and runs on all these platforms. And that's as much as NVIDIA used to be a GPU company and it's also a data center company, it's an AI company, but it's also a huge software company. And software is so critical to everything that they do, and they invest heavily in that. And I think that the only other company that can possibly keep pace with them on that software investment from a silicon point of view is going to be Intel. And Intel's think uh, you, you know is going to double down on some of their software initiatives as well. But uh, this is this is where 
NVIDIA really stays ahead of the, of the competition by investing in its platform, providing proprietary but high quality and software for the, for their their platforms, and that's how they plan to stay ahead of uh, you know, commoditization of of these uh, of these GPUs and, and and platforms. You know, that's a good point because it's not just the software for their hardware, but it's also the software for the application side. I mean. They've got a number of application frameworks out there for AI, including Jarvis for speech, Merlin for recommendation, Clara for healthcare, and Isaacs for robotics. And they, they keep introducing them. They introduced more this year, as well as easier ways to use them with Tau and Fleet Command. But I think this is more than just them investing in software, because we're also seeing, and Omniverse is a good example of this, as well as the GeForce Now platform and everything else that they're doing. They're getting more into services. So I'm wondering, you know, you know, I don't think it's just software. I think it's the services that they're eventually going after. And I was hoping to ask that question, but I didn't get a chance to ask it of uh, Jensen on the Q&A, unfortunately. Yeah, well, uh, maybe a follow-on, we'll get, you'll get an answer from. You know, one of the things, actually, a few people have, have speculated, see so you now NVIDIA has Omniverse, and they have GeForce Now. How much longer do we get do we get a metaverse from NVIDIA that combines GeForce Now streaming with Omniverse as a backend, allowing a, a metaverse world uh, for, for consumers? That would be an interesting solution someday. Yeah. What was that movie? Uh, player One? <laughs> <laughs> ready Player One. Rare, ready yeah. Player One. Yeah. I, you know, I wonder the same thing. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't eventually see that. You're basically taking the developer environment with Omniverse and you're taking the game player environment with GeForce Now. It kind of makes sense. What if you're the gamer and you can create your own game? That would be really, really cool, actually. <laughs> create your own game and 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 enter and live in your own game virtually. Oh God, don't I go know. there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think my kids are already there. <laughs> well, that, that that's that's basically what Red Player One was. That people were building their own avatars in in Ready Player One and they were building their own places, virtual places, in there. I think the announcement that surprised me was the Q Quantum. They didn't mention that they're going into quantum computing, which I don't doubt that they're looking at, but they're actually developing a platform to simulate quantum computing, to further quantum computing going forward, because we're still really much in, in its infancy. So that's going to be interesting to see the uptake of that and how well it's used. Well, yeah, we're in the early stages of quantum. So right now, a, no, a smaller number of quantum states of qubits you can simulate it on, on digital platforms, traditional digital platforms. So they're they're accelerating that part of it. So we're still doing a lot of investigation. So having more platforms that can run quantum virtually is great. And even though you can go to IBM and run it on a real quantum circuit, it's it, there's some limitations to it. And the more people can investigate quantum uh, with Q-Quantum, that's great. I think it's just better for the, the whole ecosystem overall. Still trying to really understand all the problems that can be solved with QQuantum. That's true. And Kevin, when's the last time you can remember a GTC where they didn't talk about GPUs? Yeah, we didn't get a new GPU this year. I, you know, it's it's one of those things where there was a, a lot of news there, and I think it's not quite ready yet. So I would assume that they're they're right now in a position where A100 is still pretty powerful, and and they don't have anything direct competitor with from Intel or from. AMD right now on the GPU side. So probably laying back a little bit and waiting for that to happen. 
But they did introduce new GPUs for ProViz applications and didn't even talk about them <laughs> during the keynote. Well, Jensen didn't, Jensen didn't talk about the keynote, but they, yeah, there were new, some new cards. But, you know, there were, uh, I think he had some, so many other news items that it didn't make the cut. So it's all about the application and about the customers that they're, they're pulling into their platform. Mercedes and Volvo were the two key platforms uh, for for Orin, and I think they're they're doing well with that. And it's uh, one of those things where I think they were focused on wins right now and and uh, the momentum they have. Yeah, true, true. And they didn't really focus on ARM too much. I mean, the products, and they did mention some ARM partnerships with Ampere, Marvell, and MediaTek. MediaTek was surprising. The MediaTek, the MediaTek one is for Chromebooks and Linux notebooks, which is sort of unusual. And I think it's what it is, it's basically a combination of the MediaTek ARM Core SOC with a discrete uh, NVIDIA GPU. So it was an unusual uh, announcement. But I think it's also part of NVIDIA's throwing a laurel relief out to the ARM licensees like, hey, look, we're, we're helping you guys. We're working with you. I mean, it was definitely you know, like every GTC. It was like, let's throw as many freaking announcements at you as we can, knowing that you can't comprehend all of them. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, it, it, but, you know, one of the things we usually do at a GTC is we do usually go to some of the tech sessions. And I was looking through the calendar of the tech sessions, and there's some heavy duty tech stuff there. I mean, there's some, I mean, I was looking at some of the lead researchers that are at, GTC making presentation, and I was reading some of the their uh, summaries of their what they're going to talk about, and I'm like, I have no idea what it, what it means. <laughs> Pretty technical, but then there's also stuff about applications and, and market segments, and uh, so we're right now recording this, and GTC is still going on. So there are sessions I plan on catching um, in the next couple of days. So it's there's a lot of interesting material there. So like I said, anybody who wants to register, you can still register now, and, and there'll be replays for most of the content. Yeah, I I still kind of miss the poster thing that they have in the lobby talking about different research and projects that people are doing. And I miss the demos. I mean, let's face it. They have really cool, especially robotics demos at GTC. Oh, yeah, I know. I, that, this is something it's really hard to replace in a virtual conference is that they kind of like physical stuff. I've, you know, seeing the cars in the lobby and the robots and all that stuff that's cool. And, you know, there's some conferences that I just really miss that type of stuff. GTC is one of them, SIGGRAPH, Augmented World Expo. They're really designed for like hands-on, in-person kind of uh, touchy-feely stuff. So it's it's kind of missing that. Someday, we're getting there. We'll get back to second half of the year. Intel is, is promising that the Intel Innovation Summit will take place in October. There's a good chance that we'll have an in-person event sometime in the fall. So I think with that, I think it's time to wrap up this Tyrius cast. Any last points, uh, Jim? I think. No, I just think uh, it's, you know, it's an exciting time to be in the industry, not just because of the technology, but, you know, we're seeing companies change and morph to business dynamics, to technology dynamics, and it's, it's going to impact society, especially when we talk about transportation, healthcare, AI, all these things are going to change the way we we live and work going forward. So it's a, it's a very interesting time to be in the industry. Yeah, I know. We, we've talked a lot about AI. It is getting 
pervasive and it's going to be subtle. It, it, you don't just think of just, just Alexa and uh, Siri and, and all you know, the voice assistants, but there's um, a lot of stuff going on in the background that, that you don't realize that, that AI is getting involved in, as well as when we talk about autonomous vehicles, uh, robo taxis and such are, are actually moving ahead. And, and those will may not be your own car, but it, it may be a taxi that comes pick you up someday will be a robo-taxi. Or drop off your food, or ship your products, or, you know, yeah, it's, it is amazing. With that, it brings us to a wrap of another Cheerios cast. Please remember that Cheerios Research is a market research and advisory firm that provides custom research and advice to the entire high-tech ecosystem, from sensors to the cloud. This includes custom market sizing, product, and company competitive analysis, M&A, evaluations, product, and corporate strategic planning, and marketing strategies. If you'd like more information about Tyrius Research or inquire about our services, please contact us directly. You can reach Kevin at kevin at tyriusresearch.com. That's T-I-R-I-A-S research.com. I'm Jim at tyriusresearch.com. And our other colleague that's not on this call today is Francis, Francis Sadeco. You can reach him at Francis, that's F-R-A-N-C-I-S, at TeriusResearch.com. You can also visit our website at www.TeriusResearch.com. And please keep up with us on social media. We have at Terius Research for our corporate account. We have at Crewell for Kevin Crewell. We have at Tech Strategist, that's T-E-K Strategist for myself. I didn't want to name it after myself. Don't ask me why. And we have at F Sedeco for Francis Sedeco. You can also look for our articles and podcasts in the Forbes, EE Times, ECT News, Someday in Microelectronics in Taiwan, if you can read Mandarin Chinese, or if you do read Mandarin Chinese. In addition, we also have white papers posted on our website and a link to our newsletter, which we produce every month or two, uh, which you can subscribe to uh, if you'd like to send directly to your email. Newsletter comes out, like I said, monthly, but and it, the the topics usually are the topics we cover in articles, research, white papers, and occasionally some little bonus material. And you can find this and other Tyrius Cast on SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes. Just search for Tyrius Research. Thank you for joining us. If you have any feedback on this Tyrius Cast or recommendations for future Tyrius Casts, please contact us directly. Once again, that's at Kevin at TyriusResearch.com, Jim at TyriusResearch.com, or Francis at TyriusResearch.com. Thank you and have a great day. Mm-hmm.